0: The Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Leachio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Leachio.
1: Hello, Flagler County. It's Saturday. It's the busiest week ever, Rich. we, You and I were canvassing the county this week, and... For me, it continues. I'm going to have games three and four of six this weekend today. When we get done here at 9 o'clock, I'll be at the Flagler College Sports Complex in St. Augustine calling Flagler College Softball. Saints off to their best start since 2018. And it was a busy week. We got out to a lot of places, and I think this is what makes it so fun is a weeks like this where it's just a nonstop roller coaster throughout the week.
0: Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun to get out there. Of course, uh, districts. Uh, we did a, we followed a lot with the basketball this year with both the FPC Bulldogs and the Matanzas Pirates, and their district tournament started this week. Matanzas a, a long way from home, but uh, FPC a little closer, so we were able to get out to a couple of their games and. We'll talk about all that. And, of course, we had the long layover here waiting for the Super Bowl. I can't stand the bye week. And I, I get I get what it's about. You want everybody to get healthy for the game and uh, the anticipation. And I just I, I can't stand the long week, Mike. But, but it's finally here. We've got the Super Bowl tomorrow. It's time to put up or shut up San Francisco, Kansas City. And, of course, we'll give you our pick for that game. I've been right you know spoiler alert uh, I have not picked against Kansas City yet this postseason and it's probably not going to start now but we'll get to all that and a, a big trade in Nick land as they continue to try to bolster their their roster and and be serious contenders in this league and that's been a big question here uh, for everybody are they going to be able to compete with the Boston Celtics what about the Milwaukee Bucks and and on uh, the the Philadelphia 76ers even though they have their there are question marks now, and, and Cleveland has emerged. And yeah, you know, the, the Knicks beat them last year in the playoffs, but Cleveland has emerged as uh, possibly a contender in the Eastern Conference. So the uh, Knicks did a good job at the trade deadline. We'll get into that. But as always, first, Mike, let's get into the local and what's been going on here.
1: Well, as you said, district basketball was this week. Um, tough week for the county in that respect. We'll start with just getting you caught up on the girls. Um, FPC lost to Mandarin pretty big. They finished the year 10 and 12. And then Matanzas lost to Winter Springs by 25. They finished the year 3 and 21. So that's how the week started. Tuesday night, I was at softball where it seems like I've been for the last week and a half. Um, and you got to go and see FPC in their district opener against Bartram Trail. Bartram Trail, the Bears, the Bears. The
0: Bears, who, by the way, the year before we had a chance to call that playoff game FPC at Bartram Trail football playoff game, FHSAA football game, and that right. one did not go uh, well for the Bulldogs. But this time, uh, the, the tables have turned, Mike, and, and the, the Bulldogs, they went out there against Bartram Trail and, uh, and and defeated them, the Bulldogs, as the number four team team. In seven uh, A District One and Bartram Trail, the number five team, so the Bulldogs they get the home game there, and I'm not sure if this this is true, but uh, and the Bulldogs win that game 58-52. But I was told at the end of the game that is that is the first home playoff win for FPC basketball in about seven years. So with that being the case, uh, you gotta say even and we'll get to uh, the Bulldogs. They advance to the second round and get knocked out by Creekside 60 to 43. We were at that game as well. But, uh, you know, still um, it, it just that win at home against Bartram Trail to start the playoffs, I think, really cemented this as a successful season for that program and a successful debut for Coach Talley as the leader of this team. And I think there are only really, really good things to come going forward. Now, that was a thrilling game against Bartram Trail, FPC, they dominated throughout. They had about a seven-point lead at halftime, and that lead, it grew, and it grew big time to an 18-point lead going into the fourth quarter, and And you're thinking that this is going to be a laugher. They're not going to have to worry about it, but there was no quit in Bartram Trail. They closed the gap to the thinnest of margins under a minute to go. That lead is a, it is all the way down to two, and uh, that the Anderson gym came alive in that game and we've done a few uh uh, as you know fpc games this year on the wnzf sports network all those games are still there on the flagler radio youtube channel so if you missed them go back and check them out it's been some good basketball this year but uh, and definitely you look at the battle for beltaire that place was was electric that night as well but it was a split crowd uh you know you got the pirate fans there you got the fpc fans there but this this was a full fpc crowd playoff game and when Bartram Trail when when they cut that lead to two points with less than a minute to go the Anderson gym just came alive like I've never seen it and it was almost like it was the garden because when the Bears got the ball the entire gym was chanting defense in unison and it was so loud in there I mean it was just it was really amazing to see that here for a local game, for a playoff game, and how passionate everybody was about it. And and at the end of the day, uh, if I remember correctly, you got a couple of clutch free throws from Clark. Um, I think Camarian Lang, he got to the line and, and he hit one of two. Uh, so clutch free throws, defense, that won the game in the final minute. Uh, you know, maybe you, you wish that it, it didn't get that close, but At the same time, it provided such a a, a drama-filled moment that it just, for me as a fan, as someone there watching the game, it enhanced the experience. So uh, it was tremendous to see, uh, and it was a big-time, big-time win, and and we were happy we were there to to cover it, Mike. But it's a huge, huge win for the program, I think.
1: They took the first step. You know, Mike Talley took over this team very late in the – in the summer, almost really before the season started, right before the season started, before he cleared all the uh, red tape that there is to get hired in for a high school coaching position. And he was inheriting a team that went 7-18 and 18 and had fallen on some down times over the last couple of years. A team that was undersized, a team that was young, looking for some leaders, looking for some kids who were really start trying to come into their own. And... You know, Mike Talley wants to win a state championship. He'll, he'll, he's very clear about that, that his goal is to win a state championship at some point. And really, when you haven't won a district game in three years, you, you a district tournament game in three years, you take that first step. You, you got to the postseason like everybody does, but that doesn't mean anything if you go and lose in the first round. And so they took that first step, and I think it's an important first step for the program. And I think it's a step in the right direction with this young team.
0: Yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. Now there're gonna be a lot of uh, uh, new faces next year, new new players on the roster. As you know, the most dynamic scorer they had on this team, Jameer Clark, he's a senior. Their point guard, Matthew Rodriguez, he's a senior. Uh, Corinthians Watson, he's a well, he's a junior. Curry, the Curry, he's a senior. So uh, there are gonna be uh, a lot of. You know, and I'm not sure how that works at this level as far as recruiting and and who you bring in here, but uh, wow, well,
1: that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. But uh, again, who knows what happens? But at the end of the day, you hope that uh, the, some talent comes through here and they're able to take that next step. But it is, and that's I guess the difficult part of, of building a program at this level when guys are seniors you kind of got to start over again right so uh, and and that's but i think in in speaking with coach tally he he talks about the culture right and sometimes if you create a winning culture uh and and i really think the bulldogs and i talked about it with you uh, before the game on on thursday night where you know they most of these games they don't have the height advantage, right? They're usually the other team's bigger. However, the way they're coached and the way they collapse on those big guys who get the ball, the way you see like an Anthony Hampton play taller than he is and, and compete with these guys. You know, he was guarding that kid, uh, that six seven kid from uh, Creekside, right? I mean, and not doing a terrible job. It's just a lot of heart there. So I think they're coached really well. I think that uh, uh, Coach Tally his goal here in this first season was to start to create that winning culture and you you can't argue with the with the that the you can't argue that he did not accomplish that because he came in here uh they were not 500 last year they came they went into the playoff game 12 and 12 uh the second playoff game they got to 500 with the first win and you know what did you give what did you give the the fans what did you give the alumni, you gave them something to be proud of, a a fun season uh, to watch and a playoff win at home. And when I tell you that night was special, anyone who was in that gym, they know that was a special night. Uh, There was an electricity, a feeling, a love for this team, a love for what Coach Talley is starting to build here. And by the way, uh, athletic director Coach uh, Drabzik, you know, who's doing a fantastic job in building this up as well. Um, you know, there's no way I think anyway, Mike, that you can argue this is not headed in the right direction. You gotta love what you see.
1: And even when I talked to Scott Drabzik the other night at the second game, he said that there's been life breathed into that program and we saw it and they never quit. I thought they had a chance against Creekside. Now Creekside's a team that's If they end up in the final four, they're not going to be. No one's going to be surprised by that. They should at least advance to the regional final. So I expect that they'll win today against Tokoy, and then they would advance at Tokoy. They'll win that game and advance to regionals, and I expect them to make a run in regionals as well. But FPC, they got down 32 at one point and fought their way back. Kept playing hard. Kept playing tough defense right down to the end. Even when Creekside over the last minute played keep away which by the way props to Creekside you heard me last week rant about their prior coach and and his um yellow belliedness. well I gotta give props to Creekside because they did not sit on the ball I think that their old coach when they got up 18 at the half they might have taken two shots the entire second half in that situation Creekside kept playing basketball yeah. You know, they didn't slow the game down. And I don't look at it as Creekside trying to run up sc- points or put up a big number. They just kept playing the game. And to me, that shows more respect to FPC than sitting there and dribbling the ball for two minutes at a time. And FPC played hard to the end. You know, the second half, they got themselves. I thought they played much better in the second half. In the third quarter, they got a lot of good looks. They just didn't go down. Shots didn't fall. And they got in that big hole, and they played well in the fourth quarter and finished strong like we would have expected them to, but they still lost by 17. Yeah, this team's – there's nothing to be ashamed of with FPC, and it's just – there is a new energy, and I'm excited to see what's next for that program.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And that was a talented team. you got to give Creekside credit. It's amazing how that works out sometimes where they just – you can't – you can't hit shots on the road sometimes, you know, and and that's a lot of shots that we've become accustomed to uh, FPC knocking down uh, during the course of the season. Those shots were just not falling uh, in that game against Creekside. and it's just uh, it's it's amazing how in the 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 game of basketball at any level, playing on the road, sometimes, you know especially for role players, those shots, are not falling but Creekside, a lot of talent. Um, Nolan Nelson, I think is his name, the 67 uh, player for Creekside he was dominating. They, they obviously had the height advantage and they what I was impressed with most from Creekside, not necessarily how well well they shot the three which they did shoot it well. Um, but their ability to play defense and cu- it seemed like there was no space on the floor for uh, for the Bulldogs uh, Creekside was in every passing lane. They got their hands on the ball, almost every possession. So, uh, you give Creekside credit. They were there defensively. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, the talent was a bit too much for the Bulldogs to deal with. But like you said, they never quit. They were in it. They played hard till the end. They cut a 30 point lead down to 17. And, uh, I will, as we go into the off season here and, and, and we start thinking about the next basketball season, My focus is going to be on that special night at the Anderson Gym against Bartram Trail. And I I don't know if that counts as payback, Mike, for the football loss. Uh, I'll take it. I should go and text
1: um, (laughs) the athletic director at Bartram Trail, Ben Windle, class of 1999 at the alma mater, St. Augustine. He was a hell of a football player, too. Um, The hardest hit I've ever seen in a high school football game actually was when Bartram Trail athletic director Ben Windle hit somebody on a running play. He just you could hear the crack from the top of the stands when he hit the guy who thought he was going to just step out of bounds, but Ben didn't know that out of bounds existed. He was always <laughs> looking for contact. And, you know, so I will get in touch with Ben and kind of let him know we we won this one, but, you know, I don't think you can erase 50 unanswered. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that was a rough one. So Bulldogs, I think, a successful season and uh, they get the home playoff win. Great accomplishment. Congratulations to Mike Talley. I thought he did a fantastic job his first year as head coach. Now, um, they weren't the only basketball team here locally uh, playing in a a district tournament. You also had the Matanzas Pirates, Mike, and uh, they did not win the first round uh, of the district tournament. They fell to Winter Springs 68-64, um, you know, and, and somewhat surprising to me because I, and, and we talked about this as well. You just, you got a sense from the pirates that if they were playing at the top of their game, they could compete with anybody and, and they, they would be able to, to, uh, to make some noise here. And, uh, unfortunately could not come away with a W, uh, that first game of the district tournament
1: and shots just weren't falling from its Tanzas and they kept it close you know, with a great defensive effort, Sh- Tariq Shakir had um, had eight assists in the game, and
0: um,
1: Alex Davis had 14 rebounds, but mm. shots weren't falling. Shakir, Robinson, and Jefferson combined for 12 of 33 for the field, just 11 points for Rock, just three for Shakir. Davis had 20, but they just couldn't get that third score or consistently. And this is a team that I think that, you know, there was a lot of shuffling because, you know, Alex Davis was out early. Henry Robinson was hurt for a few games. And, you know, when they were playing at their best, like you said, they could beat anybody. And, you know, but they also played in a tough district. I think they got a little road-weary at the end, honestly, because last week they were at Deltona, they were at Lake Howell, they were at Winter Springs this week. Uh, You know, so they played, and they were at Windermere last week as well. So they played four games in eight days in the Orlando area. And I know everybody will say, well, these are kids. But, you know, having to sit on a bus three hours a day every other day and go play a basketball game, it takes its toll after a while. So I think that was part of it. I think it just, they got a little road where it's hard to finish with four straight games on the road, especially when they're long road trips. We're not talking about going to FPC or Menendez or St. Augustine or Mainland 30 minutes down the road. These are long trips that they were having to do every other night, and I think it just caught up to them in the end. The future's bright, though. You know, I think their biggest you, you, we talked about replacing Jameer Clark, I think their biggest need is going to be finding somebody to replace Tariq Shakir because Rock Jefferson will be back, Henry Robinson Jr. will be back, Alex Davis will be back, and it's just... Who's going to run the show? And they've got a couple of kids on JV that look promising. And, you know, so we might see those guys take the reins next year. But it was it was disappointing, to, you know, because there was so much fanfare with Matanzas. And, you know, there was hope that FPC might, you know, turn it around. And to a certain extent, they did. It was a tough way to end the season, you know. But, you know, so now we got to go and see, okay, can Travis Boone Jr. step up? The coach's kid next year when he goes to varsity. Can Jesaria McCoy step up? What about Jordan Turner, the the five four point guard who we saw him have flashes too. It, the future is now for Matanzas. Now basketball season's over. The future's now. They've got a young team. A lot of players returning. You know they'll lose guys like Michael McGuire and Dade Peterson, but for the most part. And Peter Austin, but for the most part, the core of this team's returning. Darian Baker will get some more minutes next year. I think the future is bright for the Pirates too. It you know I think it was just the road and their youth caught up to them to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, and and just uh, and and look, you got to mention too a great job coaching for uh, Henry Robinson Sr. as well. This team started two and seven, you know, and 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 they finished uh, the season with a lot of impressive wins. They got to 11 wins. They got to district. So, uh, you know, and they only lost by four in that game. So I give the coach credit because I do think the Pirates did turn it around. They had a rough start to the season. And as you met and and an odd schedule, you know, their schedule was odd. And and if this is correct, just looking at the numbers here, uh, they had six home games this year compared to to 15 road games. Is that possible? Uh, That's just what it says on Max Preps. So uh, that's what I'm seeing. They were It says they were two and four at home and seven and eight on the road. Uh, so and, and you mentioned uh, all the road games and, and all the traveling they did last week as well. So uh, difficult circumstances. Hopefully next year they could get a, a little bit more of a manageable schedule, and we get some more games at the ship there. And uh, as uh, another year together, with this nucleus of Jefferson and Davis and Robinson Jr., they're only going to get better, and that's a, that is an extremely talented uh, group of players there, and they got a great leader in in uh, Henry Robinson Sr. So I'm looking for big big things uh, going forward here the next couple of years with the Matanzas Pirates. I'm with you on that. All right, um, quick quick on uh, this. On the NBA, Mike, our basketball team, I wanted to mention this. Uh, it's been a series of trades here that have transform- transformed this roster for the Knicks into a, a roster that a lot of people are saying, hey, they're real contenders now. You know, injuries notwithstanding right now with the, the ankle with Brunson and and the shoulder with Randall and the elbow with OG. But apparently these are all injuries that uh, you know these guys are going to come back from. You just hope you can hold down the fort long enough to where uh, you can stay in the top three. I think that's important. Um, but we'll 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 see what happens with they're probably. I, I can see them right now with these injuries losing seven seven out of their next ten games. I don't want to see that, but but I could see that happening. But what were the Knicks going to do at the trade deadline? And Boyan Bogdanovich, you know, a, a, a really. Awesome NBA veteran, great from the three-point line. He could take it to the basket. He's just a good veteran player, the type of guy that could put points on the board. He's averaging 20 points a game this year, and that's what the Knicks really, really needed. They needed to get deeper, and he makes them a lot deeper. And, and even Alec Burks, who who we saw a couple years ago here with the team, in that backup point guard role, a guy who could score off the bench. So uh, I thought it was a really good trade and I didn't want them to make uh, any, any, you know, uh, I didn't want to see DeRozan here, uh, any kind of move like that where you brought in another guy that needed the ball in his hands to make a different. Uh, I was hoping they would make moves that would make them deeper and not really affect the chemistry of what's going on here. And I think they did that.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And they didn't have to give up any of their draft picks. I, I was sad to see Quentin Grimes go because I like Quentin Grimes as a player, but it was a good move, like you said. Didn't have to you. You worried about if they were going to make a big move. Who was going to be gone? Was it going to be Randall? Was it going to be some of the young guys like Josh Hart, Divincenzo, DiVincenzo guys like that? And it, it turned out not to be. Now we'll see. Can they hold it together while they're going through the injury bug? Julius Randle should be back in about two to three weeks. OG's only expected that to be out for two or three weeks. Jalen Brunson, he's been hurt, but he's expected to perform in the three-point contest, so he can't be that hurt. So he, I would expect he's going to be back after the All-Star break. I think they're going to be okay, and I actually, I'm starting to believe, Rich, and that's what makes me oh, uneasy. No. it's been a long time <laughs> since I've even considered believing in them, but... Hats off to Leon Rose. He got rid of some dead weight in Evan Fournier, which I know an expiring contract's easy to get rid of at the deadline. But still, he saw a deficiency in the roster and he went and addressed it. I think I think Bogdanovich is going to be great because he can spread the floor, and I think that's going to. I think the real winner in this is Julius Randle because mm-hmm. they're going to be able. They've done a great job of spacing the floor since OG got there. I think this only makes it harder for them to defend because they do have a legitimate three-point threat, a a guy who can knock down threes at any time. Uh, And from that, he's a cold assassin at times. So I like the trade a lot, and I really feel good about where the Knicks are going. We'll see how I feel in a month.
0: (laughs) It's not just a hope run. Like you said before, it's not a hope run, uh, Mike. Shout
1: out to my brother Ant. You know, (laughs) He said this has been the best hope run in a while, and it actually has been their best run in about 30 years. And as I said last week, we know how that ended. The hurt is still there. Yeah. It's I'll never forget it. Yeah. Even though I want to, it's hard to let a championship slip away. Which speaking of, mm. somebody's going to let a championship slip away tomorrow, <laughs> aren't they? Well,
0: you got to think about that. If if you're uh, if you're the Chiefs, right? And you lose this game. It, I guess it's not house money for either one of these teams cuz cuz the 49ers, I mean, really you you look at uh just the hype around that team and all the weapons they have and uh for much of the season we were hearing about how they're the best team in football with the best roster and everything so uh and and i believe they're still favored in this game not by a lot uh last i saw it was two and a half maybe that's gone up here but uh you know uh if the chiefs lose as underdogs, did it? Did they let it slip away or did they exceed expectations going this far? Because a lot of people didn't have the Chiefs going this far. You heard a lot of talk that they're not the same team Uh, as they used to be. They they don't have the weapons. They're going to get knocked out in Buffalo. Didn't happen. They're going to get knocked out in Baltimore. Didn't happen. You know, Baltimore, by the way, the number one seed. And and you look at those two teams, Buffalo and the Ravens, you know, you got the chiefs down a little bit. You got the game at home and you didn't get it done this year. When is it ever going to get done? So, um. Yeah. If the Niners lose it now, I consider that maybe a little more letting it slip away. But maybe from the Chiefs' perspective, you're trying to cement legacies. Uh. You know, Patrick Mahomes trying to become the greatest of all time. I guess maybe he would feel that way that you let it slip away if uh, if they lose this game. But uh. You know, I think the Chiefs have surprised a lot. They didn't surprise me because I've been picking them the entire way through. I just don't think that you you pick against um. You don't, I, don't, I don't think you pick against Patrick Mahomes in this position until you see him actually lose. But I am not, uh, and, and I'll tell you right now, I, I think I, I talked about it a little bit last week, I am not a believer in the 49ers. I picked the Lions to straight up win that game a couple weeks ago, and they should have won that game, by the way, <laughs> if it wasn't for some incompetent coaching leaving points on the board in a horrible second half. Lions probably should have won that game. So the Niners escaped there. The Niners escaped a couple weeks before at home against the Packers, and the Packers are not a good team. They got a first-year starter in Jordan Love, who I'm sorry. Everybody wants to fall in love with the guy. Uh, I'm not there yet. He had a good end to the season. He threw two picks in that game against the Niners, and they lost to the Giants a couple weeks before. They finished the season with 10 wins and nine losses and the San Francisco 49ers almost lost to them at home in the divisional round. I just I look at the, the, the 49ers two wins uh, in this in this playoff run and they're not impressive to me, but then when you look at Kansas City's two wins, in this playoff run. I mean, how does it get more impressive than that? They went into Orchard Park and knocked off the Bills. Everybody had Josh Allen and the Bills beating them. They went in there and got it done, knocked them off. And then they go into Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, everybody says he's the MVP. You know, the the, the 13 wins, the whole number 1 seed in the AFC. And they go in there and they knock them off. So compare comparing the, uh, the playoff wins from both teams, I, I got to say, Mike, that the Chiefs have had a much more impressive run to get to this point.
1: I have to agree with you. I find it very suspicious. I've been trying to figure this out for nearly two weeks now how San Francisco is the favorite. I would have expected that the money would have been heavily on the Chiefs and that it would move more in Kansas City's favor, and that line would actually grow for Kansas City. I'm having trouble understanding it. That Jordan Love interception, that is basic high school, middle school football 101. You cannot make that throw in that situation, throwing across your body to the middle of the field in a situation where you still had time, you still had a chance to win the game. You can't do that. And then, of course, Todd Bowles being Todd Bowles. (laughs) <laughs> you know maybe they shouldn't have even been in that game to begin with yeah and and the detroit you, uh, mismanaged the game and so, let san francisco off the hook mm. i'm with you rich i know we're getting close so i'm yeah. just going to come out and say give me the chiefs yep. give me the points i know you've been playing defense these last couple weeks <laughs> and i'm sure you're gonna you, you've already got it wrapped up yeah but i i i like the chiefs in this game i don't think there's any question but then again this time next week we might be saying well vegas was on something
0: yep and that line opened at two and a half now san francisco favored by one and a half and there is no way no way i'm picking against the chiefs i've been r- riding that horse the entire playoff run it will continue in the super bowl the chiefs they win straight up they defeat those frauds the 49ers they're not that good believe me kansas city wins easily 3117 enjoy the super bowl we'll see you next time that's another episode of the Rich and Mike sports show